0: Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard and welcome to the conversation I recorded with Jasper Cuppage from Camden Brewery on my recent visit to England. Jasper is a Brisbane boy with a family background in the brewing industry, who found himself stuck in the UK while on a world trip around about 20 years ago. He started working in a pub, before buying one, where he started Camden Brewing in the basement. That brewery was last year acquired by ABI for a reported £85 million. Jasper has stayed on to continue to run the Camden Town Brewery, which this month launched its new production facility. With all of the talk of independence at the moment, Jasper's success sits right at the pointy end of the philosophical and political discussions around definitions of craft. Enjoy the conversation, but first a word from our sponsor. Love craft beer, good food and somewhere to enjoy both at the same time? Zubru Craft Beer Festival is coming to Taronga July 21st to the 23rd 2017. Tickets are on sale now for the first ever festival of its kind in Australia. Hosted by the Taronga Centre. Go to tarongacentre.com.au for more details and tickets. Taste local craft brews from more than 20 breweries including Stone & Wood, Two Birds, Nomad, Bent Spoke and many more. Enjoy food from event partner, the Royal Albert Hotel. Indulge in the shuck truck, curries by Surgits, or smoke goodness from Jackalope Food Co. And hear talks from industry professionals. Zoo Brew Festival is coming soon so don't miss out on tickets. Go to tarongacentre.com.au today to get yours and come share a beer with friends. A portion of all proceeds goes towards supporting wildlife conservation for Toronga Conservation Society Australia. Zoo Brew Festival at toronga It's going to be wild. Jasper Cuppage, welcome back to Radio Brews News or Beer as a Conversation.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to have, be back and great to have you in my backyard for a change.
0: Absolutely, well the last time we caught up uh, was 2013 at, the, uh, at GAPS, um, when you were down there and you'd brought the very first batch of your beer to Australia. A lot has happened for you since then. Um, I I guess if we can just very quickly uh, proceed the the, the story. You were an Australian, you were over here breaking up a surfing holiday, um, visiting London, you maybe had a little bit too much to drink one night, missed your flight, uh, landed on your feet, I think you described it, with a job in a bar. You ended up buying a bar um, and started brewing in the bottom of that yeah. and now you've got uh what I have to say is a very, very large brewery that you're about to open uh just north of here. Yeah, that's uh that you know very very fast. It feels like a
1: long time, it's twenty-two years in between that story, right? So yeah, it's actually on a way to Africa, a Flight, because I was in a bar that offered me a job, worked there, worked at a lot of other great establishments across the city. And then, yeah, and then bought my own place. Started brewing in the basement of the pub, you know, before this kind of amazing times that we're going through in beer existed. Moved the brewery out there into the, where we are sitting right now, into the railway arches down here in Camden, which was one arch, and now it's 11 arches, and now. We've now about to open our new brewing facility at the end of this month up in Enfield. Um, so yeah, big state-of-the-art brewing facility, which you've just walked around, which was pretty impressive, I think. So yeah, so we've been to Enfield and yeah, back down here in the, the, the I guess the heartbeat of the business.
0: Now, last year I think it was you were bought out by ABI, AB InBev. Yeah. Um, so a lot changed. We might even go back um, a little bit about the um, development of the brewery now. In, in a world that uh, pale ales, and ales particularly, very hop-driven ales, uh, have created a lot of excitement, you founded your brewery back in 2010 on lagers. Tell us a little bit about that. Were you very forward-thinking? Were you prescient? Or were you just brewing beers that you like to drink?
1: Um, I think it's exactly the same as today. You know, I'm a, I am love lager. I love the style. I like the style of beer, emits it like an incredible tapestry that you can play with. And so back then, you know, lager was getting a rubbish you know it was getting a kicking because it was you know wasn't made by anyone like us at the time when you went to when i traveled to germany you could drink great lagers from great local breweries and so that's what i went about doing so taking lager as you know it and i guess turning it up you know 100 percent and so now you know 85 percent of our production is either a lager or a style of a lager be that hells which is our main beer all the way through to ihl which is a the smallest beer in our portfolio but you know all of you know, and all our seasonals and all our collaboration beers are all types of lagers. I don't think we were ever looking at trends. We was just about wanting beers that I and the brewing company wanted to drink, and that's exactly the same today and you know, we'll continue to be a you know a lager champion brewery because that's what you know we started as and that's what we continue to do.
0: We are seeing more and more beer riders and uh, people talking about lagers and rediscovering their love of lagers. Do you think that uh, you were in the right place at the right time for that? Were you lucky that that was something, a, a style that you loved to build a brewery on at a time when lagers seemed to be starting to find favour, or, or at least a newfound respect? Yeah, I mean, you know, go, let's go back. I mean, this is six years ago. We got a lot of stick for
1: making lagers. You know, when when craft was starting, it was all about ales and IPAs, and why would you even consider making a lager? You know, it's blasphemy. But you know, we've never really done what anyone. We've never really followed a trend. We've always followed the heart of what this company was about, and and it's great to see that other breweries are seeing that I mean it's a particularly rewarding style it's a particularly hard style to get right for sure you know and we brew a lot of lagers all day long so we've had a lot of problems and a lot of you know failures but if you get it right and you can hold to it it's an incredibly rewarding style because you can sit outside and step on it you know and sup on a really great interesting high IBU lager all day long and it's you know it's in its beauty right and I think that's what you know Camden's championed.
0: We're quite lucky, I'm just looking outside at the blue sky and we're apparently going through the longest heat wave in London in 20 years and uh, so lagers hey, makes this for you, being a Queenslander. <laughs> <bar? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> well, Everyone's talking about a killer heat and it's, well, it's 32 degrees. But again, you know, beer has a certain climate that it appeals to and uh, in, in weather like this lager makes sense. Is there an element that you know, nine, 10, 11 months of the year, uh, London doesn't really suit lager? Or or, do people just love lagers regardless of the climate?
1: No, I remember remember, uh, Alex who used to work for us, sat down one day with me and he said, people love crisp, bright, refreshing beer, fact. And it is a fact, you know, beer of all different styles. You could drink stout today, you know, you could if you'd like to, and you could drink lager today or lager tomorrow and lager in winter. Or, you know, I think it depends who you are. It's like you can drink red wine in the winter, but you can drink red wine in the summer. You know, you can drink rosé in the winter and the summer and the same with white wine. I think it's always up to the, the person, you know. And lager doesn't have to be low IBU, lager, lager can be high IBU, lager can be dark, it can be brown, it can be blonde. I think that's the the misperception that lager has to be low IBUs, blonde and bubbly, right? There's many ways of translating lager, you know, from a Martzen, from a rausch beer to Inner City Green, which we've got out now, which is made with, you know, all Southern Hemisphere hops from Nelson Soben and and Galaxy, and it's 3.9% and it's, you know, it's slightly off yellow. It's a it's a straw colour. Well not straw but kind of burnt straw. So lager doesn't have to be what you think is lager is. And I think that's the beat it's a massive tapestry of and I think that's what's beautiful about Germany. And they make different styles of lagers for different types of the year, right? So Martin at the end in you autonomy, know, or you know, Schwarzbier, you know, is kind of a take on a stout. And I think that's what we champion here is yes, our mainstay, Hells, is a hybrid of Pilsner and Helles but it's drunk all year round. But, you know, we bring out seasonal lagers in line with the seasons and in line with the colours and strengths of ABV. So yeah, there's just as much playground within lager as there is in ale, for sure. And there certainly is in our brewing
0: company. You mentioned Alex Troncoso who brewed for you for a long time Mm -hmm. uh, after you lured him away from Little Creatures or he was at least looking to leave. I spoke to Alex earlier in the week. Before that, You were doing a lot of the brewing, and uh, you were in fact brewing at the pub when when you first started. Uh, Do you still identify as a brewer, or are you a brewery owner these days?
1: No, I'm... I, I mean, I was never anything. I don't believe, you know. I
0: mean, I was very fortunate for
1: Alex to come, and I miss Alex terribly. He was not only an incredible and probably one of the best brewers I've ever worked with, but an, an incredible man to be around. Like he was, his directional ideas and thoughts were just inspiring, and still are, and they're still embedded, I think, in this company today, Well, they well and truly are. But no, I'm no, I'm a, a people person. You know, I think that's how. And I was saying today, I have no real skill at any of it. You know, I know how to make beer, of so I've brewed it in the basement of the, the pub for two years. But, but no, my skill is, I guess finding the right people and bringing them together and and giving them or encouraging them to make the right decisions for this company so I'm surrounded by people who are just in much better at me at brewing marketing sales finance logistics but encouraging them to make you know some pretty full-on decisions and you know making them you know I think that's why we've grown we've got a melting pot you know you know when I was in the basement of the horseshoe there was just me now there's you know going on 130 people in the brewing company and there are all wonderful be that a forklift driver or, you know all the way through the managing director who's sitting out there talking to one of the forklift drivers now you know i think there's a well i don't think so he's a forklift driver by the way but you know there's yeah it's a collection i'm not very I'm, I'm great at a lot of things but not great at anything i think how i kind of look at it but i'm good at finding good people and encourage them to make the right moves
0: are you a good brewer I'm a good taster yeah
1: no I'm not terrible I remember the first beer I made it up at the horseshoe like the first day it came out and there was a big note left on my desk that said please stop right and uh, so no I'm, I'm you know I'm a good you know, I'm a drinker of course I love beer but I'm a very good taster to figure out why this is great and why we should accelerate that issue or why we should really look at that problem like I'm definitely I'm always on the panels so I'm a very I, I consider myself a, because I've grown up with beer I don't like I'm not a wine drinker, I'm not a spirits drinker, I'm a beer lover and so I can find the faults or the the, the things that are incredible, the euphoric moments that we have tasting other people's beers or our beers over this bar and I can really understand what that comes from and so I'm good at giving advice on how to make beer better.
0: At no stage, and we have spoken a few times uh, because your family live in Brisbane so uh, we've caught up a few times and... I've never had the sense in the times that we've spoken about brewing that you've had this chest beating, we are small, we are craft mindset to the way that some craft brewers really stake their place out as being something other than the big guys. You've always talked about the simplicity of beer and it's just we make beer, we make beer that we like to drink. Is that a fair summary of your approach? Oh, 100%. We are a great brewing company, period.
1: That's what we stand for we make great beer for people to enjoy big drinking beer you know be that wrapped up in craft or you know whatever it may be but you know, it's on the wall out there, great beer here, <laughs> that's what we stand behind, right? I think it's wonderful that there's an excitement and a buzz around beer, which has been going on now for probably three or four years, but at the end of the day, you know, those lights turn off and you've still got to be, you know, what did you start for? And we started because beer was pretty boring when we started, or we, I certainly found beer quite boring, and, you know, we've made more beer more interesting by making it great, making it more interesting, making it, you know, more open. You know, open to all I guess it's you know and so yeah that's what lives through this brand and lives through Camden that we are open to all we don't need to be wrapped up in some crazy beer movement we just want to continue making great beer open these doors so that people can come in and enjoy it be that a be a lover or just a person right and I think that's it people who want better you know like coffee you don't have craft isn't coffee it's just good coffee and that's the same as what we are you know we're just a great beer maker.
0: Does that make it a little bit, or did that make it a little bit easier when you came to be bought out by ABI um, last year that you didn't have the egg on your face that perhaps some of the American brewers who made a big thing of being small and independent and then suddenly they sell it and they've got to do the the narrative for this will let us do this, you know, this will give us the funds to do this. It didn't seem to have that same misstep for you when, when you did you know, come to sell out to ABI.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when the business was going I always knew at some stage to grow a business that I wanted to grow the way we wanted to grow it we were going to need investment from somebody now that wasn't I was under no illusion who that was going to be I always was going to partner with a you know a brewing company I never in my wildest dreams did I believe it to be so soon and you know we wanted to, to work with a brewery be that for distribution or 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 investment whatever it was there was always going to be a relationship with a brewing company and you know we're not a political brewery we don't you don't need to yeah. people go down roads of many different ways and you know keeping as many roads open as possible is about running a business successfully and i think we don't alienate people here you know listen we were written off by lots of people when we joined abi and i'm still great friends with the guys who took the piss out of us when we launched who cares that's how they that's the road they take and i think it wouldn't matter even if we said before what we do you know roads change all the time right so I, you know if we did decide you know we've always made decisions we had to go back on our words on certain things before but I've never had regret you know and I think so you know we always kept our doors open and I've seen some of the great breweries of the world who jo- joined with other big brewing companies and made successes and that's the r- successful road that we've taken.
0: You maintain Camden as a separate brewery within the larger ABI uh, organisation do they have much day-to-day um, involvement in the brewery or do you get much day-to-day instruction yeah. from them or do you pretty much run it the way you want to run it
1: yeah i mean i think camden day-to-day has been exactly the same for anyone who works anyone who works here or has worked with us before who works in the front will say it's exactly the same as it was before we've been with abi i have a new board of directors that i report to the same structure as i did with my board of directors before um but actually now the guys i report to know a little bit more about beer than the board that i had before so actually i'd say we're in a better place than we were you know two years ago. You know, we've got, if we need it, we've got the assistance of an incredible technical department based out in Belgium um, and, you know, a collection of maverick beer makers around the world that we can ask questions of if we need to. So, yeah, so they, you know, it's business as usual. Like I said, we're a standalone beer. We've got a, the plan to grow the top and grow the bottom of the business and, you know, we're sticking to it. And that's, I'm in charge of that ship to make sure I deliver that. And currently we're, you know, we're doing a great job of it and ABI really appreciated that.
0: Kin ABI, you know, in a lot of ways, the big breweries got caught wrong-footed by by the growth of craft beer or the the, the the new beer movement is there much that they can learn from uh, Jasper Cupage in Camden um, that can influence the uh, you know that large end of the market?
1: Oh, 100%, and they're all and that's why it's so rewarding you know every time I have a meeting with anyone who's not within the circle that I work with within ABI they're just like keep doing what you're doing well and teach us something at the same time and we're learning from them you know we're learning great things from them and they're learning great things from us so yeah there's definitely I mean they've they want Camden to still be Camden and they're giving us every you know every reason to believe that and every investment to continue that so yeah they are learning from us and uh, and
0: we're both learning from each other and it's uh, so far a really great partnership. We've just been out to the new brewery, and uh, I have to say it is uh, monstrous. It's it's huge. It's uh, very it's very impressive. Is probably a, a better way of describing it. Um, can I Nasty. ask? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very big. Uh, you know, it's certainly um, there's no starting small and growing. You've gone large on it. Can I ask how much a brewery like that costs? Yeah, I mean we're currently
1: on under budget, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, we've invested just short of 25 million pounds on okay. on the brewing company, um, and that's for everything from Grain in to, to beer out packaging keg line can line bottling line so yeah no it's a you know it's a significant investment um, that ABI have supported us on and yeah it's, and it's as you can see it looks fantastic
0: we've seen uh, Goose Island one of the US ABI purchases really becoming a global craft beer brand and we've seen it land in Australia um, do you think we will see Camden grow the same way or do you think you'll still be a local English brewery or even a local European brewery I mean
1: I'd like to think so you know we joined ABI to to obviously extend our roots from our home market i mean our our focus is the uk um, obviously we're very well received in london we're becoming a national brand so we've got a lot of work to do and a lot of market to play into here but we want to utilize the teams within the, the network outside of it but we've fore and foremost have got a to win and, and and live here and I think that's England, that's nationally in England and obviously and then into Europe and then working with the wider audience of ABI and they're you know they're very good at expanding brands and that's where you know hopefully we'll be able to if they see an opportunity for us to work into a market that thinks that Camden would fit, of course why would we not take it to that market and you know that's working with them and their network to understand where's next for Canada outside this market. That's what they're great at and we're really good here so that's where we can
0: work better together. Talking about the retail market, how do pubs work over here in Australia? There's a lot of focus on tap contracts, for example. Where the big two lock in a certain number of taps through a lot of incentives, how hard is it to get beer on tap here um, as, as a small uh, brewery? Going back to, to your pre-ABI days, there's I mean there's a lot
1: of um, there's a lot of work with bigger breweries and smaller breweries on on supporting their partners on the on-trade but you know i think there's opportunity or there is opportunity for big and small the market's massive here remember there's a lot of on-trade opportunity out there so lots of bars might have a contract for two taps but then they've got eight taps so there's a lot of place to play so yeah the market is open for big and small and medium like us, you know, it's, you know, it's a, for anyone who's finding it difficult out there to find taps and they've maybe not got the right piece for the market and I think that, so if you've got the right beer and you've got the right sales team, then there's plenty of opportunity out there for you to play for sure.
0: Um, are there any restrictions on pubs having contracts or like is there a limit to how many they can contract over here i don't know i
1: don't i'm not i don't know because we haven't got any contracts in place so i don't know what the 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 laws are about contractually incentives so i wouldn't like to comment on it because i don't know what that is Um, but there's definitely bars probably like in australia need craft within it you know you can't just have global brands in there because people aren't interested in that anymore so there's an opportunity for that to be part of your tap offer but your tap offer has to have variety be that super unusual artisanal to someone like Camden to then a global brand so that you're playing you, know, you, you, you have to have a category offer if you haven't got a full category then your beer isn't going to sell and you're going to be serving gin and tonics all day long so that's how I guess we play and talk to the market that there's an opportunity for you know upside down and back to front beer here and there's an opportunity for Camden through the middle and there's definitely an opportunity for a a global brand as well so you've got to have that variety like you have three bottles of gin and a speed rail now instead of one you know I think they've got to have offer or you're not offering
0: I'm quite astounded uh, just in the five days I've been here just about every pub that I've been to and I've I've been chasing craft beer pubs or anything like that they all seem to have Camden Hells in it at the very least and a lot of them have uh, a couple of others what is it about your brewery or your business or your beer that has seen it really get traction in in the London market?
1: I mean, well, first the easy piece is beer, right? I mean, we make great beer. You know, we win awards for for Hells and all our other beers in all the main competitions. So we, you know, we're recognised as making consistently good quality beer that people can go to. So we're like the, I guess, like the guilty pleasure for craft advocates. They can always go to a Camden and have reliability. And then for the people who are coming into craft, we're an amazing gateway beer for them. They're easy to understand. Their ABVs are at, at levels that are approachable, and the styles are you know a a distinct like Hell's is a you know it's a very very distinct style it's a very very distinct beer but it's approachable from a craft lover and from and from a novice so beer ultimately but then I think you know the way we service our accounts is paramount you know we kind of I have a restaurant attitude you know kind of if someone complains in a restaurant how that complaint is dealt with is paramount to that customer coming back or telling great friends that oh they had a problem but they were fantastic how they dealt with it so you know we we work like a restaurant you know we're all waiters you know we take orders we listen we over deliver you know we deliver beers and like I saw today I was delivering beer out of the back of my car on the way back from Enfield you know we make sure our customer is at the front of every thought so the customer is at the beginning for when we're making a beer you know the customer is at the beginning when we're thinking about how we're going to service them technical how we're going to delivered to them you know we have you know four technical services guys on Vespers running around town cleaning lines for us all day to make sure the experience is great you know we have five vans six trucks delivering beer so we can do next day delivery services into the city you know you've got a call out service on weekends so if you run out of beer you can get beer you know so we make great beer and we look after our accounts and that's, you know, basic business, right? And then everything else seems to fall into place. So, yeah, we've got a lot of admiration in the marketplace because we admire the marketplace a lot. We care about our customers, customers first on every front. And I think that's what you've got to be to be, a you know, it's being is end-to-end. that's part of it
0: there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who are either have breweries or looking at getting into breweries and you know looking at finance for example i mean did you have a rich uncle who funded your brewery or how how did you because uh, all of the things you're talking about there there is a cost involved in good service and there is a cost involved in putting trucks on the road did did you have funding or were you self-funded when you No, it was self-funded you know so i i saved up
1: money to buy the horseshoe. Um, I had a couple of friends invest in the horseshoe. I worked my backside off to make the horseshoe work and it did and it was very successful. The net paid off its debt that it had so then i remortgaged the horseshoe to do this business and i remortgaged everything cat dog partner everyone so if it went wrong i was going out i'd probably lose my life my partner has been you know i've been like 22 years now she was incredibly understanding and we risked everything we did but we risked everything to do it right so we've we're authentic all the way through and i think it's the same today so yeah we're not a lifestyle brew it's a business yeah we grow grown a business and made a sustainable business by hard work and taking large risks that were bets that i was pretty confident in you know but if they didn't come off then you know the brewery wouldn't exist today so so yeah, there's you know, it's a very capital intensive business, as you know, trucks aren't cheap, kegs aren't cheap, these aren't cheap, you know. So but I was confident in what we were doing and you know and, and, and that's where we are today. So yeah, so it's been a, a long road, but there's definitely been some risks
0: along the way. I guess you've, uh, to put it very boldly, um, had the payoff now. What keeps you motivated? What keeps you driven when you don't have your money on the line? You don't have your mortgage on the line. What keeps you driven to create the beer? And I, I've just sort of, as we've walked around today, just watched your attention to detail and you are focusing on very small details in a very very big company. What what keeps that focus for you? because uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, I
1: love Camden. I love everyone who works here. You know, I love. What we do, I'm proud of what we do. I mean, I'm more in Camden today than I've ever been before. You know, yes, I've got things that I don't have to focus on. That and you know, I don't have to, you know, where capital is coming from for the next stage. I just have to put a business plan together, and if we're all up for it, then we can continue. So my passion for Camden is, you know, 100% day in day out because I love it. You know, you can do those things like you saw today. You know, I can make those changes, and they and they they're listened to because everyone admires because they know I'd do it myself. You know, they know I'd deliver the beer, I'd clean up, I'd do that because those things I care about. You know, it's probably because I guess probably off the back of my mother, you know, she's a bit, you know, as you know, her, you know, she's a workaholic and she's probably instilled in that in me and there's never enough hours in the day to, to make things as good as they should be. And they continually, those improvements can continue to happen. So the day I stop here will be the day no improvements need to be made.
0: <laughs> You talked about your mum and uh, one of the great stories uh, that I love is that your mum's father owned the McLaughlin's Brewery in Rockhampton that was bought by CUB and uh, closed down in the early 70s. Was that something that featured on your mind at all when you signed the, the contract to sell that maybe that could be your brewery one day that is no longer required?
1: No, no, no it hasn't. No, I've never, most, no, I've never ever thought. About that so I never really knew mum's brewery and so I never, you know, breweries do close for sure you know and if ultimately if Camden isn't a success maybe that would happen but you know it's experiencing, continually experiencing great growth and it's my job to make sure it is sustainable you know that's why we joined ABI to make it sustainable not to close it down, to grow it and that's what they've, they've, they've come into us to, to grow it as well and they can see what it can add to their brewing company so yeah no there's, you know, there was never a thought and still never a thought in my mind that joining ABI was to shut it the only thing I thought about joining ABI was to resurrect wrecked McLaughlin's, you know, because now obviously the trademark rights are with them. Because if it wasn't Camden, I would have called it Max and max would be trademarked globally by line nathan because they have max brewery out of new zealand so yeah this brewing company would have been called max but i couldn't but i'd love to find out more about mclaughlin's now that it's part of the family so you know it's nice that we've gone full circle but you know we've, we've got a future to build rather than a future to close you know, that's for sure.
0: you're a brisbane boy that's been in london now for 22 years do you have any plans to to move back to australia or are you now uh, institutionalized in london yeah i mean i'm in london
1: all my three children are born here my wife's a staunch londoner so you no know, london is my home you know i love don't get me wrong i love going home and you know enjoying the weather like we're experiencing out here today but yeah no london is where i live i love it i mean i love the city on a week like as you're experiencing there's no city like it in the world but i will be back i'm back twice this year my little brother's wedding later on in the year so i'll be back for that and i love going home but yeah i'm i've lived more than half my life in this city now and all my friends and family and everyone's here. So yeah, it's yeah, this is the city that I live in.
0: We did talk a little bit about uh, these days brands are very much global and so there was a time when I first came to London in nineteen ninety, you got off the plane and everything about the place was unique because every brand, every you know, there were one or two that you might recognise or you might have seen from TV, but everything else was unique. These days brands are very much global. Do you think with ABI depending on what happens with Camden Town. Camden Town is a name that's very localised in in London and it adds to the vibrancy and the colour by being a local brand. Do you think that the beer world would be poorer if Camden became a global brand and not just something that you have to travel to London or travel to the UK to really enjoy? no i mean i think
1: if the beer is exported or made beautifully in another country then beer, as long as the experience is wonderful then it's worth having if the experience is terrible then the experience isn't worth having so if you can get beer to a local market that likes the beer in the way that the beer is just as good as you're drinking it here then fantastic and that's up to the market to love it and enjoy it just as much as the market here does like you know i enjoy drinking sierra nevada pale ale in london because it's brought over here from chico or from their other new brewery in north carolina and it tastes wonderful and i love that experience and i buy a lot. If that experience can be for Camden exactly the same way in Melbourne or in Brisbane, then fantastic. But if the experience is not as good as it is here, then there's no point taking that experience to them. So I think if we can take Camden to other parts of the world and give them a little bit of Camden, fantastic but only if it feels like camden in that market there's no point taking it there and it being dulled down or diluted it's got to be exactly the same i don't mean diluted as in the beer diluted i mean the experience is diluted like it's a different version of camden it's not as open to all and you know because that's what we are we're an open to all brewery i don't want to go and be in a craft beer bar in melbourne it's not kind of you know maybe with ihl but hell's is about a beer for everybody and i Mm. think that would be the experience so if we could do that then wonderful but that's a hard challenge right and that's why you know when we did sell in australia we sold to a very very focused a very attention to detail company who did a wonderful job I think the experience was fantastic out there so to do it in another country that's why ABI are very very good at that they've got very good people in the market and they can find markets that are great for us and they can give the experience the same way and they're doing a very good job with Goose you can see I'm obviously follow a lot of Instagram accounts out there and it looks like they're popping up in the right places and they keep a winning awards in the beer market out there so they must be doing something right so if that comes and they're interested in taking us to a market and they can do it well as they've done before then great but the experience has to be just the same as the
0: experience experience here. Jesper Cuppage, thanks for joining the conversation, and thank you very much for the tour, and particularly for the sample of the very first beer to come out of the new plant. You'll never get an opportunity like
1: that <laughs> together. It's the first time I've tasted it, the first time you taste it. So yeah, the first batch of hells out of the new brewery, so that's one that'll live with you for a long time. And you seem very excited about it. Ah, tasted better, right? <laughs> That's, uh, you know, I remember signing, when we signed up to the, bind the brewery, I was saying it, Vine Stefan, like four years ago now, we signed up to buy the new brewery and you know, the other guy we were talking to from Krohn said, yo, don't worry Jasper, we'll match Hell's batch for batch. And I was like, we're not spending all this money to make it the same. We're spending this money to make it even better. And I believe it's gonna taste even better. So yeah, hats off to that and hats off to them.
0: Thanks for your time, Jasper.
1: Anytime, cheers mate.
0: And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. That was my chat with Jasper Cuppage. We'd love to know what you thought about the conversation and the things Jasper had to say. And you can leave comments in the show notes at brewsnews.com.au or on our Facebook page. If you enjoy Radio Brews News and Beer as a Conversation... Please rate us and leave a review on your favourite podcasting app like iTunes. It gives us great feedback about how we can improve the show and also people you'd like to hear. We look forward to joining you next week for another conversation about beer.